Uh, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Deviant Gentleman Podcast. My name is Shane Vitko, alongside my co-host, Mr. Tommy Vext. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite Uncle Tommy. <laughs> uh, man, what a show, dude. We got uh, we have the members, uh, or some of all, or maybe, uh, of Hard to Kill Fitness. Um, so we have Matt, who is uh, at the Operational Athlete. Say hello, young sir. Hey, what's up, guys? That's Matt. Uh, we have Aaron, who is at Mox Actual. Not Mark. I got going. <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, is it not Mox? No, no it is. Literally, everyone thinks my name is. Uh, Mark. Ma- I did for a long time until I met you. Um, I was like, yeah, I can't wait to meet Mark. Anyways, uh, and then we got Thomas, who is uh, at Tango Alpha Zero. I'm, I'm yeah, assuming. that's a zero. All right, yeah. Sick, dude. That's a zero. Um, good to see you, man. Hey, good seeing you, dude. Yeah. So the way this kind of came about was, uh, you know, me and Thomas started talking on Instagram and and connected, and you know, uh, one thing led to another, and fucking here we are. So, uh, tell me a little bit about Matt. Tell me about uh, what is Hard to Kill Fitness. So, Hard to Kill Fitness, it's it's a community and it's programming. So, it started in like 2017, and uh, what we did is try to bring this community, this brotherhood these guys had when they were in the service, and bring that to the public. Because when guys get out, I'm sure we all know when you get out, you kind of lose that community, you lose that brotherhood then you know mental health kicks in stuff like that so we we have this brotherhood this facebook page this following where we're all one and the same we take care of each other we look after each other we train together um and then with the programming it's it's just getting guys in shape to join the military or keeping them in that same mental physical status because you can't be physically strong without being mentally strong bottom line Mm -hmm. um and so you so you guys put out workouts Right, that's hard. You go to hard to kill, and then it's like here's some different workouts, some weight based, some uh, body weight based, running, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, everything. We got weight based, we got endurance based, we got body weight, all that. And what's good about it is it's easy to follow. There's some of these these guys put out programs out there that are way too fucking scientific. Like where you you read one page, you're like, ah, I'm just gonna do this part. You know, like when you get on our programming, it's just you're stoked like everything and the results i mean aaron can vouch all the guys we've talked to every guy we send to like swat school every guy we send to special forces basic training police academies they come out like on top so it works and now how did you guys all link up so this is uh shout out to rory this is uh uh, rory's company and you've become kind of the the face of it or the you know you you put forth i mean you set the bar really for what uh, how to kill fitness looks like in my opinion so now how do you link up with these guys so Roy reached out to both of us I think early 2018 right yeah so yeah. I got he invited me on board 2018 in February yeah so I was I was deployed at the time and he did a um, and you were Marine Corps yeah okay yep so he did a challenge uh, it was like a 225 challenge whatever that he, he, he had out um, and everyone like submitted their like videos and I did it for like 38 reps and he was like, I need you on board because I'm creating a strength team. Um, and he was like, I want you to kind of like, you know, test this program out, see what it's like, and then like, you know, give me the feedback. And then from that point on, we kind of just, you know, joined in and it was history from there on out. And then now, is this like flying you guys around and going to different places to record? Or? Yeah, um, we slowly started bringing that in. You'll bring in Aaron down here. Um, you know, I have, I've had a chance to go to a couple of places, but... We got a lot of tricks under our sleeve right now that we're getting ready to launch out there. You know, some new programming at the end of the month, and then 
we should be flying out to a lot of cool places here soon. Oh, yeah. And then give me, so what's your background, too? Give me your military background. So I was f 15 years Army. Uh, 12 of those were Special Forces, Green Beret. Um, nine total deployments, four combat rotations. And it was good, man. Just being a good team guy, just having fun out there. Mm -hmm. And you are uh, currently a law enforcement officer also, right? Yep. Yeah, here, Los Angeles County. Okay. All right, and then how's this fucking... Big Dude. mutant come into the play. Well, they needed to be touched by an angel, you know, so I hopped in. Uh, but no, we, uh, <laughs> you know, I said, what's up, baby? What's going on? You know, they need big pop of the pump to come in, All you right. know. But no, uh, we, we hopped in. I started my podcast, got out. Uh, Matt and I linked up doing some stuff through uh, a, uh, a mutual friend of ours. And Matt and my episode was the first one on my podcast to hit 10K downloads. So we started working with Hard to Kill a little bit more, brought Aaron in for an episode that was really good. And uh, uh, I ended up getting sponsored by Hard to Kill. And so we were just basically bullshitting. We're like, hey, let's do a photo shoot together. And Matt was like, oh, I got one coming up. And we had originally planned to do one with Bravo Sierra, me, him, and, and – uh, uh, Coach Bunny out in Tampa, Florida, Ben Bun, and uh, this one popped up. So I said, "Let's do it, man!" So we got all of us together, came down here. They set everything up, and you got to be a part of that. Yeah, man, it was great. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. How did he do? <laughs> you know, he killed it, dude. Yeah, like, yeah it's right. straight up. Like, right. no lie. I was I was busy in the studio. I was yeah, working. Yeah. I couldn't make it. Not yeah, only, man, I, not I, only did he kill it, dude. He he has vertical. Yeah, you gotta jump. Yeah, we did. We did that. We some kid, some young kids were in there training for baseball. Mm. This kid's like I don't know, maybe sixteen, and from a standstill, jumping what was it, forty three, forty six inches, yeah. like with yeah. no issue. And I was like, this motherfucker, I can do that. And we walk over there, and there's a bunch of grown men that all have fucking bad backs and shit. And like, we got this. <laughs> and we started box jumping and shit. But all right, so. The real thing is, like, I expect that everyone watches and think, like, oh, here's fucking five tough guys and blah, blah, and talk about this and fucking girls. You know what the real thing is? Why is it so hard for alpha men to admit they have mental health issues and ask for help? Yeah, dude, you know, Matt and I did a whole episode on this. And I think the thing is, is that, you know, for me, this is how I view it, right, is that in the 50s, 60s, 70s, we kind of lost our way on what actual masculinity was somewhere within, you know, however America was going. And so when we look back at it now, for me, I think it takes a lot more courage to talk, say, like, yo, I'm fucked up than it is to to pretend that I'm not. Everyone kind of has like a... Uh, um, a face that they wear, a mask that they wear, right? And uh, you, it's it's embarrassing for a lot of people because you're raised like that to to be like, hey, I need to fucking suppress this stuff and not talk about it. And so you, we just basically came in and we're like, hey, we grew up in this alpha male society where you don't talk about your issues. But what ends up happening is when you hit 30, 35, 40, all that bullshit starts hitting back. And that's why the biggest rate of suicide is, you know, middle aged men. They get to like 40 years old and they're still mentally 19 years old, scared to death of their own fucking shadow and they kill themselves. And so it's it's a huge issue. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm I addressing suicide like i'm an uh i'm an attempted suicide survivor Same. and it's something that i talk about on stage and it's whether you know it could be in front of five thousand people or at a festival in front of a hundred thousand people and uh i remember distinctly the moment the first time that i did, felt like i needed to talk about it you know and um and who'd you reach out to for that did you start with a therapist a friend well i mean what was that the, the back end on that is a is a long story you know a lot of people know that um you know, and I've had I've had suicidal thoughts my whole life, yeah. and uh, you know it culminated to a point after, you know, my after I had to testify against my brother. There was a there was a moment where like I 
all again i kept muscling through this this situation and i pushed everything down and was in survival mode and didn't deal with any of the trauma and then all mm -hmm. and then once i was like in the clear it took like over a year and a half two years and i was in a witness protection program because he hired somebody to kill me so it was like nuts and then when it was over i all my feelings hit me and i was sober and i didn't have any drinking i had no drugs and it was so overwhelming that i, I just wanted to check out and uh what ha what worked for me was you know my suicide attempt was interrupted by a, a kid who was calling me who had just overdosed on heroin and was homeless and needed help and I don't know why I answered the phone, but I was going to jump in front of a train and the kid, he called me and then I went to go help him. And, and so, you know, and now, and, and he's like my little brother now, he's like my family. And I think that that for like, I think it's important what you guys do. And, and this, this, uh, this addressing of men need men, we yeah. need each other, yeah. you know, whether it's in, in recovery, whether it's PTSD, whether it's just like, there's just a lost art form of the hang. And a lot of, I think a lot of the younger generation and even our generation, we got into either social media or video games and all these things that kind of separated us from our tribal necessities yep. uh, and our, and like what, what makes us strong. And, you know, the pendulum, like you said, you were saying, there was so much like John Wayneism in the 50s, 60s and then in 70s. And then we... In, in 2020, or even even over the past probably 14 years, the pendulum has swung. I think I think a lot of it has to do with the 2016 election. I think the disappointment of the 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 country, the people who assumed we were going to have a woman president, they felt slighted, right. and then you know Donald Trump's behavior and mannerisms and stuff that made everyone hate men, and it became okay. And then you, you had the Me Too movement where you had this big unilateral movement of like, all men are bad and all men are this and all that. And, and yeah. so we're not. And we're the protectors and we're the ones who are supposed to stand in the line, you know, and people like police officers are, are politically vilified and demonized for political agendas. And there's, a, there's like a mass colluded movement against being a man i mean can you think about right now too the kids go back to school this week and next week through zoom do you remember how detrimental it was to get made fun of to laugh to go to the lunch hall to to figure th things out how do i talk to a girl how do i become friends with these guys what sports do i play and everything is going to be zoom interactive that is so detrimental for child development and like you talk about i mean talk about two extremes from like 50s 60s 70s are like you know i'm a man fucking drank hit my wife you know all this like superman world war one shit right. to now of like i gotta stay home and do it on zoom and where's my mask and mom is it okay if and can i no you can't go to timmy's because you'll get fucking covid and i, I mean it's it's gonna be it's well, gonna it's, be different man it's it's I mean, it's it happens on both sides, you know. Yep. It's like there's not. I, I was I was actually talking to uh, I was talking about this to with a woman that I was dating, um, who is a very alpha female and very. Um, she basically explained to me. She was like, "Men and women are not equal, right? There, right. men are superior in certain areas, women are superior in other areas, and the deconstruction." Uh, this ideology that we should all be the pl that we should all be equal 
it leaves all these spaces for the gaps that our relationships are not filling anymore. And that's why you have everyone hopping from relationship to relationship yep. and tr dating 30,000 people at once. And, you know, <laughs> and we've all done it because it's yeah. like, you know, the uh, there's a, it, there's been a shift, you know, and it's for me personally, like, I don't I don't want to I don't want to have somebody in my life who doesn't know their place and doesn't respect my place. And I don't know my place in theirs. Yeah. I'm not here to I'm not here to challenge somebody or be challenged together our relationships were supposed you know and it's again it's that that dynamic like we're supposed to come together to move forward the same thing with with friends and the same reason why women need their women like you know it's a lot a lot of girls are like oh I have all these guy friends I'm like you know I'm like all right you know <laughs> I, I think another thing too is when it comes to the alpha men and and how to ask for, I think, I know for me personally, and people that have even reached out to me, um, how, the hottest thing of it all is saying to another guy that looks like me, that thinks like me, that I, I respect in that aspect of that warrior code and going, dude, I'm, I'm fucked up. I yep. need help. Yeah, I need help. That's, That's the, the hottest thing. Yeah. It's the three most the important words thing. that anybody yeah. can say when they're in trouble is there's six. There's I don't know and I need no, help. Yeah. We don't know how to say I don't know anymore. Everybody's mm -hmm. supposed to just yeah, assume. assume you know. yeah. And it's it's you know, it's the that idea that we're supposed to just know and that we're not I mean, look at how we've been manipulated in this country to like hate each other and not be looking at who is manipulating us. Yep. Is because we're too arrogant to admit that something's going on. We don't know what it is. And it's probably not my neighbor, yeah. right? Well, you know, speaking of the arrogance part, too, that's the thing, too, that's also hard for a lot of guys. Like, saying, you know, the I need help part. But, like, you can ask these two, man. I hype these dudes up all the time. I fuck with him all the time, man. I'll, I'll put him up on my story, man. Be like, I can't wait to bear hug this dude. Like, be jealous, yeah. you know? Dudes, they find that stuff weird, man. Like, people are like... You know, but uh, so I just like, tell people Aaron and I are dating. But that's I mean, why me and Tommy have talked that. about how that's like that's other people's self-esteem and insecurities. Like, oh, 100 percent. Knowing what I do and when I go into a room and tell people I'm here to do breath work and we're going to fucking talk about some feelings and all that shit. But also, like, that doesn't mean if you want to go outside and see like what I'm about, we can always that's always an option. But oh, like, yeah. I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm here for. So. When I can show other men, right, that it's like, that's my biggest worry was that if I start getting emotional and cry and talk about things that bother me, I'm going to let my dad down. The guys in the military are going to know I was weak the whole time. Guys in prison. Everywhere I've been, everyone's going to know what a fucking fraud I've been this whole time. And it's not that I was a fraud. It's that I was too afraid to deal with things that were going on with me. And when I realized that I could harbor and turn my masculinity into something for good, Right. It's it's literally it's two roads. Right. It's the same thing with crime and going. I mean, you, you, every every decision that I make today is two roads. When I leave here, I can either get in my car and blow through a red light or stop at it. I mean, every all day is is these two decisions. And we all went to the military and then I could have been any one of you. And I took a fucking wrong turn somewhere and ended up in prison. You know what I'm saying? But now. I was able to come out on the other side of that. So I think as guys in here, every one of us has dealt with suicide. We definitely know a handful of people that have committed suicide, su mm -hmm. suicide be it from addiction or PTSD from the military. Or both. Or both. Or both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. But yet here we sit and each of us, and as I talked to you guys yesterday, I know that you guys have all struggled with your own thing, but yet here we are. You're here raising a son. Tell me, tell me about that. Tell me how you get through the other side of that and show up for your kid. 
you know, he was my main reasoning behind everything. So I told you, you know, 2017 I had a huge alcohol problem, um, you know, suicidal thoughts, all that. Ended up leading to my divorce, losing my family, losing my house, losing my American dream per se, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, it also taught me, you know, taught me what's important in my life, and that's him. Like for sure, that's him. That's my mental health. That's being a good person, a good dad, a good friend. Getting rid of all that toxic, um, and, you know, thing when you're struggling like that, and you say those words, "I need help." It's also important who you surround yourself with, because I said those words plenty of times. And then those guys were like, all right, let's go to the bar and get shit-faced. Right. You yeah. know? Mm, yeah. So you got you to drop those guys and from your life. Some people mean, and, and that's the thing, too. <clears throat> some people mean well, and they think that that's what mm-hmm. it means to show yeah. up. But it, but what a lot of people don't realize how alcohol arrests your development. It arrests your emotional development. Yeah. You know, that's why you were saying, like, guys wake up and they're 40 years old and then emotionally 19. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, I'm coming up on, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up there. You're old as hell, Tommy. You're old, man. I'm I'm old, bro. I'm (laughs) I'm already there. So yeah, but it's like you know. I mean, I had a I had a wake up. I've been sober for 11 years, so I got like 27 hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I was supposed to be part of that club. I was supposed to live. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to. I wanted to drink myself to death. I lost a a child. Um. You know, and I just that brought me to my knees. It brought me to dereliction and homelessness. But it also gave me the gift of desperation. And so. Yeah, you know, it's like sometimes it's a gift. Sometimes we have to get, you know, no matter how far down the scale we've gone, we will see how our, our experience will benefit others is something they say in recovery. And that's been like, you know, uh, it's why I, Anthony Hopkins said this to me once. And I'm an, I'm, it's a cool story. <clears throat> and uh, I, I spoke at this thing and he happened to be there and he, we met and he, I, I now know him and he's like, he said the craziest shit. He was like, the scar tissue of my soul is the strength of my life. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And I started thinking about it. And it's like, the things that we survive, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, they become uh, like galvanized steel. And that's why your family, when you decide to make a change, you galvanize yourself. When you decide every decision that you make on a daily basis, galvanizes you because we are the people we are the pillars we're the ones who hold everybody up we're the ones who hold up our families we're the ones that show up in our communities we're the ones that have to be the voice we're the ones that have to take the arrows and if you're like that you just know who you are you kind of always knew and that's a a tough burden it's a it's a cross but we carry it together and that's the thing it's okay to carry it together you know, one thing that Matt and Aaron and I also talk about a lot that uh, it doesn't really get talked about a lot with me- male mental health is the divorce rate. And not only the divorce rate, you know, people who stick together that probably shouldn't be together and mm-hmm. then traumatize their child. Matt, Aaron, and I all both have our own daddy issues, you know, yes, grown ass men. And, you know, and it's like we talk about that a lot. And it's it's um, it's weird, too, because, you know. You see guys like Matt, who's like this strong guy. He raises his kid, doing a really good job. And you come from, you know, my dad's a great dude, man, but he's a weak guy, man. He, he's an alcoholic. He, you know, he beat my mom. He, you know, he had his own fucking issues coming back from Vietnam. And I don't want to call him weak, but he, he's on his own. Like, he's got his own stuff going on. And he probably was in no position to raise a kid. 
Mm-hmm. So I was raised by a single mom who had a kid when she was 16, dude. Like she didn't know the fuck she was doing, you know, and I've grown my whole life having some kind of resentment towards my parents, but I didn't fucking know any better, you know, but it, it, it we, we don't talk about that enough in America either because the divorce rates continually getting higher. It's high yeah. as shit. Right well, now. I mean, it's not, it's not even cool to be, to make your relationship work or, anymore. Yep, and right. like in a, in a, in liberal society, you know, uh, you know, I came from a, uh, an, an alcoholic family, and my father was sober and a Vietnam veteran. And my dad picked up a bottle when he when I was about thirteen or fourteen, and it was over. It was a yeah. wrap. And then everything, you know, I had already had a a brother who was mentally institutionalized since we were all ten years old for severe mental health issues. So that combination, then my dad got drunk, and then my mom ran. You know, and it, it just is what it is. You know, it's like I, you know, and I look at my life, and I started out. Uh, a lot a lot of people don't know this about me. I started out, uh, I was abandoned in the hospital. My twin brother and I, my mother was a crackhead. I'm a crack baby. Um, she she left us. And then a couple weeks later, we got adopted into a family. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was a Vietnam vet. And he was a janitor. But they made it work. And my brother started to, I think my we're fraternal twins. And he, he I think he in, uh, inherited my birth mother's mental, mental health issues. Yeah. We both inherited the addiction genes. And, you know, so when we started doing drugs at like 13 or 14, it was a wrap. So my, you know, I got brought to my knees. You know, I drank and drank and drank. I did hallucinogens. But once I did, once once cocaine was introduced, it was like about four years till I was like almost dead. And, 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 you know, I look at, this is what I look at, how I look at my parents today. And, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And people want to do good. They, they don't know what they're doing. Most people don't know what they're doing, you know. And if they did, Google wouldn't be the, a trillion-dollar company right. because nobody knows what's going on. We're all mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. And the less that we communicate and the less, you know, if you don't have a structure and a community where, that, where you can trust people. Because how do you fuck? There's no handbook. How do you raise a kid? How do you how do you adopt kids? How do you do this? You know, and this is in the eight. This happened in the eighties, and so you know, when I look back, I had a lot of resentments when I came into recovery, and I had to work those things out. And what I I you know, compassion and understanding is they're doing. They did the best they could with the tools they have, yep. and their yeah. tools were not many. Yeah. And then something really brilliant happened for me by affording my parents that compassion all of a sudden i was allowed to make mistakes because we are not we don't allow ourselves to fuck up right gotta be perfect yeah because we uh, we become the critical parent of selves where our parents failed to critique us in a healthy way and so now if i make a mistake i give myself three mistakes a day and if i make a fourth one i start at one and it's not the end of the world yeah. And it releases some of that burden of like, if I don't do this, you know, it's gotta be like if I, uh, yeah. everyone's counting on me. If I, uh, blah, uh, yeah. and then fuck. I think, I think, especially as military guys, I mean, how fucking relatable that is. Like, you know, I had a situation. We did everything yesterday, and I had like, I gotta get A done, gotta get B done. Soon as B's done, get C done. Soon as C's done, get D's done, and then I go to sleep. It's not C, take a rest, then do D. Once A through D is done, then I sleep, and. I didn't take time yesterday to value somebody in my life. And because of that led to an argument or whatever. And it's like, you know, I had to talk to a friend and go, 
dude, I kind of lost my shit, and I don't think there's any coming back from how I just behaved. Like, it makes me feel like I should be better than that, and why did I let that happen? And when I take a step back to look at the situation, now I'm able to go back to that person and do what we call a 10th step and go, hey, here's what came up for me, and this is why I reacted the way I did. It doesn't excuse my behavior, and it's something I need to work on, but I'm very regimented, and this all needs to get done, and then I will give you my attention, you know? Yeah. That's what I need, because my anger is through the roof, man. Yeah. And we're going to get to that. So a thing, a thing that is like I can imagine, I know for me personally, and it's like it's a trip to me to think where my life was two years ago and where it is today. And when people message me and tell me, dude, thank you guys for the podcast, everything you guys do, you've saved me from this and my divorce and my kids. And what do you, you know, just hearing you and Tommy talk about this shit openly helps so much. And yep. I am. 100% positive you guys have all got some kind of message like that, right? Yep. Now, the messages I don't respond to is like, hey, where do you, where's your favorite place to go get a burger and do you want to hang out on a Friday? Nah, I don't, dude, you know? <laughs> but when people send shit like that, it's like appreciative, right? Yep. So before I get into, of course, drugs and alcohol is the fucking numbing agent. That's what we go to when shit hurts. So we've all found other outlets. And I want to get into that, but before that, somebody left me a voice message. And I want to play that, and then I want to answer what this guy said. So let me play this for you. Hey, Shane, Tommy, big fan. Uh, love the podcast, guys. Please keep it up. Uh, you know, it's, it's good to hear people with some life find the values. I remember you guys were talking about suicide uh, the other day. and Well, I just got out of the Marine Corps back in April, and, and I can't help but feel just alone all the time like my life doesn't matter i'm not making a difference anymore i'm not not deploying i'm not doing anything i just i just work all day and i can just really use some help and uh any any advice you guys have i i really appreciate it you guys have a good one um I mean, I don't know about sure you, but that has shit gives me that. chills, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it's emotional. It's very emotional. Let's let the Marine hop on first for that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was first tough. of all, thank you for your service and welcome home, troop. Yeah. 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 So him him and I got out the same uh, same time, April. Um, and a lot of the things that he just said resonates with me because I joined the Marine Corps right after college. Because I had one of two options, either go back home and get a normal job because I couldn't do shit with the degree that I had, or do something that my father can finally be like, okay, you know, my son does this. Because growing up, right. it was football, football, football. Mm -hmm. If I didn't play football, if I wasn't the fastest on track, you know, my, I would look in the stands and my dad was like not the happiest person. Mm -hmm. So me making him proud was like the forefront of everything that I did in life. Mm -hmm. So. Coming up on the end of college, you know, I was like, you know, what can I do that no matter what happens, I die tomorrow or I die four years from now, my parents are going to be able to say something with pride. Like, my son did this. My son was able to accomplish that. Join the fucking Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I enlisted. I joined four years. Machine gunner did absolutely fucking nothing. Hey, you went to Japan? Yo, Japan's dope, bro. <laughs> But again, I mean, it's it's. I did, I, I did it nothing. <laughs> yeah, my dad was stationed there. I did nothing, and 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 all of my friends back home, 
uh, one of my best friends, Pat Conahan, was a was a sniper. This dude has done you know some of the things that you guys can relate to. Crazy, crazy fucking dude. Um, so these are the guys that I'm coming home hanging out with. You know, they're talking about getting blown up by eighties or dragging their friends to the LZ because you know they lost a leg, and I'm just sitting mm-hmm. here just like, yeah, I was in a combat simulator a couple of days ago, and the same thing happened to me. But I'll be honest <laughs> with you, I think, and I've seen studies on this, and I would say, at least. I honestly, I think it's ten percent or twenty percent see combat. It's the other eighty percent, uh, right? So I would say it's a solid eighty, ninety percent of guys that are getting benefits of PTSD. You mm-hmm. know what their PTSD is? I don't have purpose anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have camaraderie. I miss my brothers. I'm a gunner. Yep. There's no hostiles. There's no SOP. There's no. Where's all this terminology and mm-hmm. the fucking Charlie Mike? And five clicks and all this shit. I'm supposed to work at fucking Walmart now. Uh-huh. I didn't deploy. I don't know what these guys. I what, I didn't do enough. I'm not that fucking. And that's again, I own well, alpha it's, shit. It's a uh, terminal. I call it terminal not enoughness. Yeah. And it's like you know we have this propensity to, uh, and I did this. This is something that's plagued me my whole life is measuring my insides to other people's yeah. outsides. You know, and um, I mean, li- just. Going back to uh, the the voice note, having no purpose, uh, it's a it's a double edged sword because it may seem like there's like a morat like one thing that I learned to not engage in. We were talking about anger. Uh, anger is like the number one resentment for us, right? Mm. And it's the number one offend. Resentment is the number one offender, and it and it, if resentment is the number one offender, then self pity is number two. Right. And so, th- there is a morass of self pity that stretches around us when we feel like uh, we don't have a purpose. But it's a it's a crossroads, and in those moments, you have an opportunity to decide. Like when I stood on the platform and the train was coming and I was supposed to jump in front of it and I had this kid on the phone, I didn't jump in front of the train and I I wanted to. I wasn't playing. I didn't tell anyone what I was doing. I did. I stopped going to therapy. I put a suit out on my mother's spare bed in my mother's spare room. I put my suit to be buried in, and I I got my affairs in order. And the train pulled in the station. And I got on the train and I met that kid and then I helped him get sober. He's still sober. So there's all these crossroads, you know. There was a time in my life where I could have made a decision to murder my brother instead of testifying against him. But as a sober adult uh, and a God-fearing man, I did not have the right to take his life. Even though he tried to take mine and then and, and then hired someone to procure that to be done. And And it's not easy, you know. It's not easy. And, you know, life is going to, you know, it's like you said, every fucking day is an opportunity. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, and I have a, I have a great life. I do. You know, today is not a good day. Like I have, you know, I'll be completely transparent. I, I have an, I have an ex-girlfriend who has surfaced and is trying to extort me for th- tens of thousands of dollars. I don't know. I, you know, it's, it is what it is. And. I gotta go. I, I gotta. I pay an attorney, and they go to court. And you know, we're living in in a you know in a in a this Me Too society where women are taking advantage of of what's been done. And so I have to deal with this. And whether I I'm gonna the judge is gonna decide whether I gotta pay the money or not. You know, but I still have to spend tens of thousands of dollars for an attorney. And that's today. And dude, it it it, it hurts me. 
you know, because I'm not even mad at this woman. This is someone who I loved. You know, this is someone who was in my life for a long time. And we had a volatile, toxic relationship, and it, it's over. Been there. And it's been over. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that with certain people, with some people's egos, you are not allowed, you don't, like, with, I'm, and my friend, I lost a friend over, the, like, uh, my friend was murdered in February by an ex-boyfriend of, like, from nine years prior. Some people, when it's over, it's, they don't let it be over. Yeah. And so I, this this person does is not physically capable of like doing something like that to me. So they utilize the legal system to to and we see this all the time. Yep. It's a it's a it's a, a multi million dollar industry of mm -hmm. of just embezzling people over this shit, and it is what it is. And I ha and like it's so pain it it causes me to have you know negative thoughts and stress, but you got to manage it. And the thing is that every day, I just wake up. And I get on my knees, I pray, I ask for the strength to face the day, I ask, for the, I ask for the strength to not be an asshole to the people who need me, because that's the first thing that everyone who's closest to me, I'm an asshole to when I'm stressed out. Same and I feel like I'm not, you know, but it's a delusion. Yeah. It's a delusion. The, and and the, even the delusion, none of us are separate. As we live and breathe, we're literally interacting with, we're literally breathing in oxygen and, and exchanging carbon dioxide with plants. Yeah. And those plants are refiltering it, and all of us are recirculating. We're all connected. Well, you and know, tying in, man, like the 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 ex girlfriend story and mm -hmm. the the marine who left the voicemail, man. A lot of that shit goes back mentally to what's it's called, um, um, like a betrayal. So, like a moral betrayal, injury. Yeah, it's betrayal, a trauma. It's yeah. a moral injury, right? So, for him getting out, and even the ex girlfriend, they feel slighted in some way. So, he's going through some shit right now because when you put on a uniform, or you put on something. You know, Tommy goes into the studio. Yeah, they took the studio away from you, and you couldn't record for a year. I went you, through that. Yeah, I you, left the music industry you know what I'm for like, my first year of recovery, and yeah. I had to re. You know, yeah. that's the thing. That first year is like. When you take something away that is who you are, yep. and that's who you've been, yep. you have to re you have to do one of two things: replace it with something out with another form of identification, or you have to get to the real who you yeah. actually yeah, are. You. Yeah. But you have to decide. Yeah, yeah. I do mean, guys, I remember. Do you guys think uh, it, the first year of ETS is the toughest transition? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I recently just got out last year, last January. You know, left my team fifteen years. I could have gone another five years and retired. You know, but that wasn't important to me. What was important to me was my mental health, my family, mm. and you know my career, building myself another career here. Yeah. Um, I struggled daily. I mean, I, I, I would cry because I was yeah. so upset that I thought I was leaving my team, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. these guys go overseas and one of them dies. I felt like that would haunt me for the rest of my yeah. life, and it probably will. But I will deal with that if that ever comes. You know, yeah. um, I mean, my guys, when I went to prison. We're on another deployment, and I tried to be like, "Hey, just mm. get me out of here, and I'll go on deployment, and just send me overseas." And they were like, "Fuck that, dude! Yeah, like no, you're yeah, going." And sure. and these guys deployed like two or three more times without me, and I felt that thing of like, "Man, I, I didn't do all the tours with these guys, and I know those experiences and the shitty nights and the shitty days and the cold and all that stuff." And and I felt like I let them down, or that I wasn't good enough. I let drugs fucking. Uh, overtake me and my actions and I, I'm a soldier I'm supposed to know better than that and I didn't so getting back to this though is like so we've all experienced with numbing out with drugs and alcohol and everything so what is it that 
you did personally to get out of that hell. I mean, Tommy and I are openly talk about being in yeah. the AA program and what we've done. Breath work has helped me immensely. Neurofeedback has been huge in my recovery. Um, but what are some of the things that you guys have done personally to get out of that? And I think purpose. The n- number one thing that I heard him say there is I don't have purpose. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't have purpose today, I'm fucked. And purpose doesn't mean I get to own a... Uh, a company and I have to th- it's like your no. purpose can be like I help people and yep. I know that and that's been a huge purpose for me Tommy makes music and touches people and knows that not touches them not like and Biden per- yeah, not, not like, like Biden. Joe Biden <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh. but tell me some things that you guys Matt like what'd you do personally to kind of get back on there yeah I mean you hit it with purpose that was the first word that was going to come to my uh, my head but uh, you know I started my page and I started getting at it physically you know working out that was the, that's the biggest stress reliever for me the biggest thing I need to help get mentally focused I start my day off with a workout every day that's my mission I start my day with a workout every day from there I got the endorphins going I feel great um, as far as you know like you know, when I was in my at my worst at the bottom you know my son was my purpose my family my nephews nieces you know it could be a friend's kid being a role model for them I wanted them to look at me and be like, I want to be that guy, or I want to be like him, or I want him in my life. Um, you don't want to be that guy where people are like, I, I don't need this guy. I'm like, you want people to want you in your life because mm-hmm. you, you want to be that role model for them. And like, I love what we're doing with Hard to Go Fitness. And like, for him, like, you, you can reach out to us anytime, brother. You know, jump yeah. on Facebook if you have it, Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a brotherhood. Yeah, and same thing here. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you're not talking to us directly, our community will speak to you. Yeah. Like, we get guys on our Facebook page. Um, they'll ask us for advice, but yeah. you know sometimes we're busy and we can't get to it. The rest of the crew, right? Yeah, all the right. all the guys will jump in. Um, so you know, just get back at it physically. You know, find that purpose. There's people in your life that need you, no matter what. All of us have someone that needs us, and and I know the physical drive can be tough. Like the military is like it's zero five hundred. Get the yeah. fuck up. It's time for PT, and it's like you can't say no. Oh. And then even when it's not regimented, you've already been into like yo. This is how the day starts transition into civilian life it's real easy to eat ice cream and cheese it's and go let me binge watch netflix but it literally i just started running again i hate it it's not (laughs) the same as it was in 2000 and i hate it but i didn't i didn't just start flying out the gate you know like i would i ran like a half mile my front calves locked up so tight and i was like Mm. that's all i got and again i go like Man, you're such a pussy. Like, that's the best you got, right? This is that alpha shit in my head of, like, I have to be perfect. But I had to start somewhere. Well, place, and I did it's that. about placing unattainable expectations on ourselves, hoping that we're going to land somewhere in the area. Yeah, so, but once you, the thing is, is unattainable is unattainable. And, and it's a, just like, it's like a day at a time. Yeah. It's a but fucking it's, day But it's taking time. action, mm-hmm. too. Like, yeah. I thought for the longest time someone was just going to come knock on my door and go, Dude, do you care if we pay you $2 million and you can just run our company? Like, are you busy? Do you have shit going on? And, I still think that can, every yeah. day. <laughs> and I thought that for the longest time until I realized, like, it's on me to get up and do some yeah. shit. It's up. It's on me to start a podcast and find people to come on here. And, you know, like, you have to take initiative. And if I fail, I fail. But at least I took a shot. I message people to but come the, on the show and they don't even leave me on red. That's and I want to call dude. them and be like, hey, how about I fight you? Because right? I want to take like, it personal. <laughs> yeah, but what, uh, one, of the main, one of the biggest problems with American, I think men and women, I think everyone is so concerned 
with the pursuit of happiness yeah. that they've lost the ability to find happiness within the pursuit. I don't have to wait till I go platinum to enjoy being on the stage that I'm on. But that's social, can, that's social media, though, right? You think? Like, I think that I well, I think social media. Well, social media is I get, fake. I get, I get caught up in that shit all the time. Yeah. Dead, dead ass serious because like yeah. our podcast is my podcast. Like I think what was like top 50 in the u.s i was top 113 countries and i was like tracking that shit like i mean that was like i would wake up and be like i wonder where i met i wonder where i met in singapore today mm -hmm. and then i was like dude this shit doesn't matter i don't, you, it doesn't I don't even, even matter. have a copy of my platinum plaque that's nuts other pe people who didn't even play on the record or just friends of band members and stuff and have other it. people have it yeah that's but wild i don't even have it why I don't know because it's in somebody's garage. It's like in my old business manager's friend's garage. And I don't know where it is. And <laughs> that's fair. But it's like it's like you know, it's just like it is what it is. Like yeah. you know, it's when you're ho when you're homeless, crackhead, and, and like just not just not living outside is sick. Like shit is sick, bro. Like yo, women, hot ass women want to have sex with me, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm like, I'm falling apart. I'm getting old. You know, I'm tired. I can't, you know. I tell yeah. myself that every day, I, dude. I talk to these kids out in the streets, you know, in uh, L.A. You know, as, as a cop, I talk to them, and, you know, they want everything to be handed to them. Yeah. And I tell them, like, I, I grew up in the hood. I lived in a back house, you know. Mm. A single mother was a bartender. I watched my sister till 3 a.m., sometimes 4, because she was partying. Like, it is what it is, though, you know. Mm. I'm not going to hold that against her. But I tell these kids, all your parents need to give you is beans, food, you put a roof over your head and clothes on your back. Everything else is up to you. Yep. Once you mm -hmm. leave this house, when you go to school, it's up to you. Now, you know, your parents are going to do the best they can. Maybe they're not educated. Maybe they don't have money. But it doesn't mean that you can't And then when you join the military, there is a, there is a difference, though, because the same thing. Um, it's interesting because back to social media, Pete, like you kids watch people become millionaires. Yeah. On YouTube yeah. and on Instagram, and, and they, I was saying, do you know how upset my dances do and TikTok haven't taken off yet? <laughs> oh I'm 32, God. dude. I don't I use TikTok. I dance, bro. TikTok? No, I don't dance. But it's not. I mean, that's the thing. Is like a kid cups a fart and puts it in his friend's face, and it gets oh, yeah. six thousand million well, views, uh, six million thousand views. But it's, and it's, a a million. it's a new, it's a new drug. drug. It's Yo, a yeah. drug, and we're, and we're chasing dopamine hits. And what people don't realize is that the the designers of these apps literally are the same people that programmed and innovated the slot machine the most yeah. most addictive uh, uh, yeah, addictive yeah. slot mm -hmm. machines in vegas mm -hmm. this is the mentality how do i keep you engaged yeah how do i keep right. da, 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 and then what do you do how much does this person have but i don't have this and then blah, 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 you know and it well, becomes this culture of like i don't have to actually do anything physical to to be somebody yeah you know and that's the thing. It's like, wh what's the measure of a man's success? You know, I think that's like you said. If I like, think it's always, it's yeah. always my insides. Yeah. My insides need to match your outsides. But I, I think see, that's huge. It, it is. But see, success though, I think is internal, right? That because everyone's right. value of success is going to be different. Exactly. Like I, you know, when you look at it, like I mean, I look at other people and I'm like, now nah, I would never want to be any of you guys ever because that's just that's my. the first thing I thought when I met you. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. That's gonna, a, but that's, a good, that's a good thing because be it means you want to be who you, who you are. are. Right. Yeah. yeah, but the problem mm. is, is that most people don't want to be who they are. You know, what I mean, you know how hard it is for people to look in the fucking mirror. Yeah. Dead serious. I think until I realized like my happiness came from within inside, and like, am I like you said, am I being a good person, and am I doing things differently, and using what I can do for 
good instead of evil, right? Like right. It's that simple. I don't manipulate anymore. I don't do shit because I see, you know, I'm seeking out, what can I get from this one person? Oh, cool, right? It's like I'm trying to be a better person every day, and I think it's okay to, like, I watch Matt's shit, and I go, like, that motivates me yeah. to be like, man, this dude goes so hard with workouts. Watching the shooting drills, I'm like, yo, I miss that shit, and, like, just because people watch the fucking UFC or because you play Call of Duty and you think you're ready for the apocalypse, like, that's real training. Him falling is real-life situations. You know what I'm saying? And I watch mm -hmm. that kind of shit, and I don't go, man, that's it. When I reach that level, I'll finally be a man. But I can yeah. watch it and go, man, it's cool that I get to see someone doing that. It inspires me to kind of do some other shit. And I think that's the difference of, you know, being inspired or measuring that, I got to be better than him or I got to do this better. Like even with your team and the guys that you're shooting with, it's the reason it works is because it's not a dick measuring contest. Uh, look how many targets I hit. It's, hey, I missed one. I need you guys to help me correct where the, I went wrong with that. And it's not, you know, oh, you suck and all that. Like kid shit, man. It's like real brotherhood and real camaraderie and supporting the next guy. And that's, I have guys like Tommy and people in my life, like you said, water seeks its own level. So the people I'm keeping around me right now aren't the ones that think going, and with good intentions, think let's go out drinking to, you know, get over this right. chick. Though it's the ones that are like, you know, look, man, I've been through it. I've been this and that. Let's go get dinner. You know, let's go, let's go, let's go fucking lift weights. Let's go to the beach. We went to the beach yesterday, just you and I, and kicked it and like just took in the fucking pink sunset, dude. Amazing, like, dude. you ever told me I'd be in California with another dude, a black dude at that, and we'd be taking in a fucking pink sunset? Yeah, well, if you watch a podcast, you'll see that I had some issues with race dude, once we were, upon a we time. Were what, we were like past the second break. I can't even say it. I'm not even going to say what I want to say. But it was great, man. And it's like, that's the kind of shit that we need. But that's, you know? I mean, that's the beauty of like, you know, that's life. That's human. You know? Yeah. I went to I went to the Cove in La Jolla. Like I went down. I went to San Diego and I was like hanging out with a girlfriend. And we've been so in the house and so fucking <laughs> terrified and masks and 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 I I left LA. I've lived in LA for four, on and off for fourteen years. I just bailed, and I and I just went oh, south. And I'm man. like I'm deciding when I'm going to stay in California. And you know I w I went to the beach and there were. Probably ten thousand people at the beach. Yeah, everybody was splashing. People were kissing, yeah. and nobody was social distancing. Nobody was wearing masks. Fucking nobody was sick. People everywhere. were surfing, and everyone was just having a great time. And like, I, we went out. Like, we went. We went out and swam out to like about where you could stand to to almost where you couldn't stand anymore. And I and I turned around and I just, I was like, this is what it is. This yeah. is what America is. This is what. You guys fought to protect. This is what my grandfather and my father and my uncle and my cousin fought to protect. This is why I go on stage. This is why I take risks saying the truth. And I, I don't give a shit if it costs me everything because that's within me, you know? And this is what we have to protect. Like, this this life that we have and this, this freedom that we have, uh, I don't want that to go away, right? Because if it's already difficult... In the in the way that we are now, being as free as we are, what is it going to be like when when these things start getting taken away? Yeah, I know. I have a tough time with that. I've been looking at houses in Belize though, and Italy. He knows. I've been. I I, I don't know, yeah, man. I the way things are going here. Might as well look in China. They're raving it up right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, go to Wuhan. Uh, yeah, but Belize is yeah, the spot, man. But I've been yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. looking in Italy. I don't know, man. It's weird. You know, I mean, I'm. 
like it's weird because I'm in a different part of the country. Kansas City is mm. not like what y'all deal with. Like yeah, we're yeah. chill. We had like one protest and it was like, nah, that shit's dumb. Let's like let's 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 get back to doing what we're doing. You're a, you're He's a, in Portland. You're in a trade spot. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're in Portland. He's in oh Portland, God, and I'm over here in Kansas City. Like, nah, yeah, Kayla's up there too. We had we had Kayla Manthe on the show like two a month or two ago, and yeah. she lives right north of Portland, and it's just crazy up there. Yeah. But what you said, brother, like sitting out there in the water like i do this day this is part of my therapy is something i came up with my therapist is that i needed the ocean or water mm. so i love to get out there i yep. sit on my board and i just look back and yeah i i am so thankful that i had the opportunity to fight for every single person's freedom that kid playing there the guy there the homeless guy who cares you know like and that just comes down to like what you said you know you're on the beach it's taking it in sometimes and I think for mental health, sometimes you just got to put the phone down yeah. and just enjoy yeah. the moment. We're so oh, fucking locked in. Like even sitting oh, here right in. with you guys, like I'm humbled. Like this, yeah. I'm thankful. You know, like to be surrounded with such. Yeah, people. there's no cell phones during yeah. the. But I I'm, used to go to the movies by <laughs> myself, so I couldn't. No one could get a hold of me. It's we, the only place where you were socially acceptable to not have your phone. We were talking about that the other day, dude. Yeah, because I do that. I still go to the movies by my. Well, I used to. I mean, before when nerd <laughs> before COVID came. But yeah, I, I go to the movies by myself all the time, man, just to get away from people, man. I'm telling you, the Neur doesn't Neuralink drop? Do you guys know what Neuralink is? The the Tesla shit, Elon Musk stuff. Dude, if you oh, start yeah, talking yeah. about Q shields, I gotta go. All right, I'm just letting you, I'm just letting <laughs> you know it's dropping this month. Is that like so, what is the Neuralink? Yeah, man, heard. it was bought. It's a chip bought from a doctor, Randy Nudo, and he's turned. Elon's turned it into. Um, they're gonna, it's going to cure uh, to begin with if you have a stroke, right? And you lose, uh, say, like a, a certain percentage of movement, mobility in one side of your body. This will basically wire into electrons in your brain and bring that movement back. And How does it work it. with Whoa. ED? Uh, I'm, it, I mean, it'll be able to fix everything Sick. eventually. But <laughs> what he's thinking is five to ten years, it will, uh, um, it'll start replacing cell phones and language. Jesus. Language? Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about having a cheeseburger, oh, you telepathically, can ch oh, chip Jesus to chip, bro. Christ. People don't want to hear my fucking thoughts. I'll yeah, that. <laughs> but that's it. So it, it's yeah, you know, I know. We'll like imagine that. Yeah. Like I don't even want anyone seeing my goddamn search engine. Like, yeah. let alone what I'm thinking about. Like <laughs> that's why you'll catch me. Phone. That's why yeah. you'll catch me and believe, that's dude. I'm telling you, it'll look like Minority Report. I'll have a but, ice cream shop full well, of rifles in the back. And again, so I don't know if it comes with age too. I, you know what, I have a tough demographic when I'm working with kids that are between 19 and 25 because when I was 23 24 22 like you couldn't tell me shit dude. Yeah. you couldn't tell me shit you literally haven't walked in my shoes I don't give a fuck if you walked in similar ones fucking beat it and I wasn't ready you know what I mean and and it's I I, I don't know sometimes I go to them where I go I get it man I hope you don't die and if you don't die when you're ready I, I got you you know but I think That's coming the best with thing you can do, I think, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. like coming with age right now, when I started talking to you guys online, it's like I very rarely have I ran into military guys where it's not just like we've already known each other for years and we hung out yesterday. Everything was a cool vibe. And through knowing Tommy and the people that we know and that I've met through the program and through life is like. At one point in time, it wasn't possible for me to be in here and be open and honest and kicking it with two guys of color, a law enforcement officer, you know, and an ex-con. This is like the start of a bad joke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like when you get past that and the thing of like, are you a good person? My whole thing now is all energy related. It doesn't matter. I don't see your skin. I don't see what you do for work. I don't see where you've been. It's, it's who are you right now and what are you bringing? Like if you're negative or bringing 
that dumb shit to my life, I just don't have time for it. Yeah. I've, I got the T-shirts. I got the keychains. Don't talk to me about prison or how tough you are. Or what gang. I get it, man. I get I got all those T-shirts. How do you fucking buy a house? Yep. What's your credit score? Yep. Mm. You know? How do I make sure my girlfriend knows that I love her? How do I take care of my dog? Right? Like, these are things that are important to me now, and I think at some point, does that just come with growing up, or when do these things change for me? I don't really know, but at some point, I just, I got tired, man. Yeah. I got tired of living the way I was. I got tired of being this fucking American outlaw that, like, it's not fucking, you know, 1870. There's no swords and fucking muskets, you know? I think it does come with age, too, though, but, like, you know, when I got divorced, right, I came back, third deployment, just got back from Afghanistan. She was leaving me. We were sitting in the kitchen in Alaska. And, uh, bro, I looked at her straight, did not give a shit that she was leaving at all. Didn't, didn't care. I was sad. I was crying, but I didn't care. I was scared. And I looked at her dead in the face and I was like, Hey, can you, uh, write down what bills we have, how much they are and when they're due? Cause I was 23 years old and never paid a bill in my life. She had paid mm -hmm. everything. So, and then fast forward, you know, now I'm like 32, uh, but I just had someone come over the other day. I, I was telling this story. They like, I, they were like, I, I got like this brick loft and they were walking by my bedroom and they took a picture and I was like, fuck. And uh, I was like, what are you, I was like, what, yeah, I was like, what are you doing? They were like, oh, I'm so sorry. This is the first guy's bedroom I've ever been in that like you have like paintings and like your bed's not pushed in the corner right. and there's no flag. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh shit. On milk oh, crates. Oh, like, shit. Yeah, and was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they were like, you got throw pillows and shit. Yeah. And they were like, this is classy. I was like, oh, thanks, dude. She was a stripper, wasn't yeah. she? <laughs> is this from anthropology? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, damn, you know, so it really threw, but I think it comes with age, man. I think everything does, but you know, it's just. Well, it's respect. It's, it's respect. Like when you respect yep. your environment. Yeah. When you respect yourself, you respect your environment. Yeah. You know, I, you learn that, and I learn, I make the bed every morning. Right. Like, because, not because of, because of fucking rehab. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> like. It honestly makes you feel better, though. When you come into your room and it's, like, squared away compared to when it's a mess, it's like, mm -hmm. I feel like that's a, that's what says about you. If your room's a mess, your fucking head's going to be a mess the whole mm -hmm. day. Your room's squared away, you're going to be squared away. Even if it's squared away chaos, it's which square. is what I my bathroom kind of is at times. And thank yeah, God my squares. girl comes in and squares. 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 <laughs> squares. It's like kind of uh, squares. Um, but uh, fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, um, I think I, if you guys can relate to this too of like what you were saying about with not caring, I think... I deal with this too, where if I get into something with my girlfriend, immediately it's like, good, leave. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Right? That's a week, a week later. Oh my god, shit, dude. dude! Right? Where they are immediately. Oh my god, what's going? And they are like dealing with it and need to process it right oh, away. Yeah, and we have that like, nope, well, I don't give a fuck. And yeah, then a week we later, you're going, we have a delayed what reaction. Did I do? Yeah, yeah. It takes. It takes. You know. It. I, I definitely. I definitely relate to it, but. Some people don't. It, I don't know if that's a gender thing. I think. I think it might be a trauma thing. I think that when some when bad news is presented, you're like, I'm scared, and it shows up as I don't care, you know. Mm. And then once the dust settles, it's same thing with me. Like being in in the situation where I, which drew drove me to to attempt suicide, I was like, I got this, right? You know. And it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> well, you know, trauma, like, you know, like with us, right? We, everybody in this room has been through shit that normal people haven't been through. So for a normal individual, you know how hard it is for me to relate to a normal person? Like if I hurt a female and, you know, she's from like a, like most of the girls I date are like tens and they're from like millionaire white collar families. You know what I'm saying? 
Good job. That's what I do. That's what I try to do. All right. He knows you I'm telling you. Hey, Shane knows I'm telling you. Thomas has we're, a, we're, has we're a out plan. There, we're out there getting coffee, man. He's like, yo, who's that uh, Who's that girl on the Instagram, dude? I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder but, if we're Eskimo brothers. But he's like, he's like, straight up, though. But you look at stuff like that. <laughs> you, look, you look at things like that and uh for them a normal fucking thing would hurts their feelings and you look at it and you've been oh, through some yeah, shit yeah. and you're like yeah that was fucking nuts. what are you like what are you are you serious like that's nothing that's well, like yeah i think it was how you grew, how you grew, grew up, up and like mm-hmm. what you went through you know like yeah my dad used to beat the shit out of my mom my dad would go in and out of jail mom would tell me he's in mexico you know and i got used to just being like i don't care if he's here you know, I don't care if he's here. I don't care if you're divorced. I don't care if he's in jail. Mm. I don't care if I go to Afghanistan and die. Like, I don't care. I just, I don't care attitude, you know, and now I do care. Yeah. I care. And like you say, we have that delayed reaction because sometimes we get, we're a little too, you know, it just is what it is. We're programmed that way. But, you know, the fact that we can realize it and come back later and be like, all right, you did this. This is how it made me feel. Blah, blah, right. blah. You know, like these are, these are things that we've developed over it's time. It's communication where we perceived at one time as like, don't show weakness. It's not weakness. It's communicating with someone you give a fuck about. Right. When if, you yeah. been, if you haven't been raised to have proper communication, too, that's hard. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, there's also, like, being vulnerable is not a four-letter word. Like, it's just, like, it's just a state of being tra- of being open. Right. You're like, I'm vulnerable to attack because I, I am putting it out there, you know, as opposed to blocking off any possible way, you know. But what happens is when I'm, when I, you know, when I put up fences... I'm by myself in the fencing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, sick. Right. <laughs> I build my own prison. I'm like, oh. Well, I'm like, nobody can get in here. And then I'm like, nobody's in here. But <laughs> right. shit. No, like, you know? Well, that's that whole, like, get the fuck away from me. Why aren't you talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get away from me, but why aren't you next to me? Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny yesterday when we they were doing, a like, this slow shot. And they were like, all right, everyone, like, tu- and everyone's laughing. Like, turn it off. And, like, the four of us are like this, just done where other people are like i'm trying not to laugh and it's like that internal switch of yeah. shut it off turn it on shut it yeah. off turn it on and when you learn to mm. embrace that and balance it and know that you don't have to keep it on all the time and and i think that was another thing along with purpose and, and dealing with this mental health thing is knowing that i can turn that switch on if i need to but i don't need to turn it on to go to starbucks when i leave here right you know and that's the difference because it's exhausting people are afraid of me nobody wants to be around me because i'm a fucking i'm a liability and i don't want to be that that. it's right it is take my son to the park i don't want to be on i need to be off right yeah Yeah, you're not in a it's not a combat zone right you know but i think a lot of guys struggle with when and where and how to turn that off so when you can learn to um control that coming back to civil civil uh civilian life uh i think that's that's a huge component um yeah well we got uh we doing part two everyone in yeah all right um well uh thank you guys for tuning in uh i'm not gonna run through the fucking handles and shit because we'll do that in part two but uh you can uh, find everything you need on DeviantGentleman.com, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, uh, Deviant Gentleman Podcast. You can find these guys at Hard to Kill Fitness, um, and uh, we'll give you more of the information. Uh, stick around, and uh, we'll give you part two next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>